0: Welcome to the Rose Garden. I'm Holly. And I'm Julia. And we're Desperate for the Rose. Welcome to Desperate Housewives episode four. Presumably aired October 2004. I didn't look this one up, but my guess would be the 24th, judging by a week from last week's.
1: The episode title,
0: Who's That Woman? From Follies, and it's a song all about not recognizing the woman in the mirror. So it it describes a woman who's seeming to have a lot of fun, going out partying night after night, always with a different guy, living her best life. But then later through the songs, it's mentioned joking, but choking back tears. And you realize, oh, she's looking for love and just keeps not getting it and keeps getting burned like relationships to her mean hi there, kiss me, bye there. Oh, it sounds like Susan. Yeah, I could see that for sure. And also in the context of the song is they're performing a song that they used to sing. It's show, a bunch of showgirls reunite 30 girls, 30 years later as older women, and they perform anyway, and they just have fun with it, even though they can't perform it with the high kicks they used to have they're not like dressed in hot little sparkly costumes like they used to be but they're still just out there having the time of their lives and realizing oh that woman in the mirror is me love it so diving into the episode we finally have music scoring the previously ons and the music in general throughout this episode is so fun extra top tier the whoever did this music score on this episode definitely did the score for the entire series, Dead Like Me. And it was so well done the whole time. Yeah, it was Like very, the little trills they have. It's just it was fun. very, very, very cute. I loved it. We start with Mary Alice. Her little opening this week's episode is about maintaining different identities and how labels are important in how people identify themselves and kind of how they view themselves. Mm, hmm. Lynette used to identify as a businesswoman and now she's a full-time mother and seems to hate her life I don't blame mm-hmm. her she doesn't like that title she wants to go back it's not as glamorous as it once seemed no no not at all she it was an idyllic title to begin with and now it's just this sad misery she's living in and she shows up to the twin school because they painted Tiffany Axelrod blue Poor Tiffany Axelrod. I love Susan, not Susan, Lynette saying like, well, why didn't she say something? Right, right, right. There wasn't yeah, time. Like, Your yes. boys work quick is what I think Mrs. Butters said. But like for real, thinking about like standing there while these two little boys like he painting. He probably you... did say something. Right. I mean, come right. on, you can say, words don't stop twin boys from painting you blue. <laughs> Your words aren't going to stop them. Uh, and then uh, the teacher, Miss Mrs. Butters. Yeah, Eleonora Butters is I think what we figured out her name was. Yeah, she um, suggests Lynette gives them ADHD medication because they're clearly, there's something not neurotypical about these boys. They're just way too hyper. And if, she, if Lynette doesn't do anything about it, they're booted from the school. So Lynette gets kind of mad and she's like, Have you tried separating the boys? Right. They're much calmer on their own. And this whole ADD storyline with Lynette is interesting because we can totally see how 10, 15 years ago, this was such a topic of concern. Like, I don't want to prescribe my boys ADD medication. Like they don't need it kind of thing. Right. Uh, And we're still somewhat there. But I think at this time, that was a very prevalent conversation. Especially with boys, because boys are overprescribed. And so Lynette is like, no, I refuse. Lynette also has some issues with mental health, seeking stigma. mental health and stigma. She perpetuates the st- stigmas against mental health extremely throughout the show. And she doesn't necessarily get any better about that, I have to say. No, she doesn't. It's one of her biggest character flaws, honestly, because later on in late seasons she when it comes time to like maybe seeing therapy seeking therapy for herself no or her sons or her anyone she refuses to put her children in therapy there's yeah. a lot of issues with that yeah she sees it as weakness mental health issues as weakness that's her big kind of and she she'll say things like that's for psychos like kind of <laughs> language and yeah. Like, yeah like my kids aren't psychos Like, I'm not going to put them in therapy. It's like, well, you know, that's not the only reason to be in therapy. Right, right, exactly. First of all, also psychos. Well, speaking of therapy, um, the girls, they all listened to Mary Alice's therapy tape because remember, Brie stole it from uh, Dr. Goldfine's office. She sure did. And I want to point out that all the women in this little sit down are wearing like pink, except Brie is in a periwinkle, which is still kind of on the purpley pink spectrum and i just it stood out to me gabby is often in pink she's almost always in yeah. pink this early yeah. seasons and when was in pink Susan I if was in trying pink trying to like remind us that brie was the one that got the tape like cuz i remember watching it and being like oh brie stuck out to me it yeah. might have been yeah. because of the outfit and then it, i had to remind myself oh yeah the girls do actually know that sheen rex are in therapy and that's how she has the tape otherwise cuz for a second i was like wait, how is Bree just like showing them? Right, where? how are you explaining this? It's like, oh yeah, right. she got outed a, a, from Rex at, at the dinner. Di- at the dinner party, yeah, yeah, exactly. When he stormed off, which her kids are well aware of despite her trying to cover that up. Crazy, but- so in the tape, Mary Alice is dreaming about a river with a girl under the water screaming Angela. Very strange, I'm like, a girl- Screaming, like I don't even knowing everything, I don't necessarily know who this girl is supposed to represent. Yeah, like what this is a clue that came from left field. I feel like they didn't necessarily have their full um plan for what was gonna happen when they said that. Yeah, because if you think about it, like now we know what happens, yeah, and like it does not add up to be doesn't track and also later Brie says, like when they, because they only listen to this short little clip and Bree says that the rest of the tape is just more of her talking about the nightmares and this girl she's afraid of, which we didn't necessarily get from the clip like that. She's afraid of this girl, but Bree implies that the rest of it implies she's afraid of said girl. Very interesting. And the choice um, of girl implies young, like a child. Yeah, right, right, exactly. But so yeah, yeah interesting. Clear. Susan thinks they should show Paul the note but Gabby's like I don't know he's a creep uh I'll be glad when he moves yeah because I mean he's they found out he's selling the house for for cheap so he's like he's ready to go he's trying to leave and get out of dodge you know (laughs) Bree. I love when Bree says like, but she loves what he's done with the lawn. It's so good. It's such a good Bree moment. Cause first I love Gabby being like the first, only one to open up, openly admit like what they're all thinking. Like he's a creep. I'll be glad when he's gone, like when he's left, cause he creeps me out and everyone's like, yeah, he does. And Bree's like, well, I do love what he's done with that lawn. Yeah. It's just yeah. really showing of all their little personalities there. Right. It's right. A fun little moment. Um, um Lynette's kids get separated from class and mrs butters can't do anything about it because she's not allowed to wrestle the boys oh yeah so Lynette's clearly you know struggling with that she well and yeah and that's actually my mvp is mrs butters in that moment leaning against the wall of the school and just saying I can't help you your problem not mine This poor woman deals with those fucking kids so much. And Lynette refused her whole shit. Like she's so over it. And I just love her for that. Just same. And she, yeah, she just sitting there leaning, watching the boys freaking out because it's Lynette's job now to choose which one they have to separate. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like take one, remove one of them. I don't care which. Yeah, exactly. And like the fact that the boys are so upset by this, I'm like, are they sad they're separated from each other? Or are they just like throwing a tantrum at any? Which I think way they're just that. throwing a tantrum because they know the reason they're being separated is to try to make them behave. And they're defiant in that way. Yeah, these boys, I mean, I just watching these scenes gives me anxiety. We all can agree Lynette's life is the one we do not want. It is the absolute worst. The worst. Um, <laughs> but the other absolute worst, Susan, playing, who's decided to play hard to get with Mike, while Edie is out there washing her car for two days in a row. <laughs> oh my gosh. With the music, it's like- Oh my God. the Squeezing the sponge over her cleavage, her white button down that's open- this season too every time there's like a like a seductive scene they they play these like 70s classic it's so music fun songs. I love it it's hilarious it's so uh, good and he looks so hot and Mike is out there shirtless watching her yeah but he's also like what the hell are you doing <laughs> yeah that's the thing is Susan clearly interprets him watching her as like, oh no, that's a threat. But really, is he watching her with that in his mind? Or is he going, huh? He He's, I, cause it's so over the top. I it's mean, can you, the most, can you, I've thought I, my education on like what to do to seduce a man was from Desperate Housewives. So to me, I was like, well, that makes sense. But then cut to me working at a car wash, realizing this isn't hot. Sexy car washes, not really a normal thing to do. If you're doing it, it's very weird. Well, it's, you know what? It's also just like a lot of... You know, you're getting your clothes wet. Like, why not just wear a swimsuit? That's the thing. Why aren't you doing a bikini car wash? Which later she does a swimsuit. She wears a swimsuit for her car washing. Yeah, and that makes sense. This, she's in her like pink lacy bra under her white button-down shirt and her cut-off jean shorts. And like the feeling of wet clothes stuck to your skin is her jeans terrible. must have gotten wet. Oh, I'm think ab- of the chafing. De- wet denim rubbing up on your vagina no no thank you uh-uh no not anyway. fine well that was edie and julie now, says yeah. you got to get in there because she's wearing cotton and, <laughs> and she saved mike's mail yeah she has mike's junk mail so it's perfect because she saved it for emergency cases <laughs> this she was almost my mvp for this again but she's already oh i know. mvp so many times i had to I leave was- it to mrs butters we were totally in sync on that one too. Cause I was like, oh, I want to make Julie my MVP. But you know, she just wins the MVP in season one for all instances where she helps her mom get Mike. So she gives Susan the mail to give to Mike. So Edie is just like so frustrated at Susan throwing herself at Mike. Watching so, it happen. Yep. Goes inside to vent to Martha And Martha seems to be unaware that Susan has a crush on Mike. Which is strange considering how much Martha is up in everybody's business at all times. And I would say she was faking that appearance, except for the fact that it does light a fire with her to start piecing things together. So it can't be. I know. And this is where I get kind of like, okay, how can Martha really put these pieces together? And it's just, it's like it would have either to me happened a little earlier right. or it wouldn't even been close to discovering something like that I don't know. very strange but yeah so now she's putting the pieces together that you know the measuring cup and the motive for Susan and the fire kind of yes. make sense yes and she throughout the rest of the episode ends up bringing the, the whole episode is Susan and Martha. But first we have to, let's dive into the breathe situation. Her main deal with the kids trying to hide the fact that Rex has left, but they all know, they know. And Aunt Andrew storms out because he's sick of her, like pretending that everything's fine and lying to him. Right, right. Which I don't really blame him for. This is where it's frustrating because- she, Brie confronts Andrew on, oh, did he go somewhere? Where did Christie he he storms out and then she confronts him with like, where were oh, you? Right. And then he is like, well, where's dad? I know he moved out. So don't act all holier than thou. He called him, he called him and he told him. Right. It's like, Brie, you can't be holier than thou that I'm, you know, not supposed to go out and sneak and do things because but you're, you're lying too yeah. you're a hypocrite and yeah. so he keeps going out without permission and at some point she asks danielle to call him so she can figure out where he is he sees right through it immediately is like put mom on the phone and this is actually my worst dressed danielle's fucking hair i don't know what she was wearing her <laughs> hair was so goddamn bad and i know it's not an outfit But it was so bad it won my worst dressed (laughs) Danielle's hair is your worst dress she could have been wearing nothing and I wouldn't have noticed because I was staring at those bangs yeah oh it's bad Danielle looks like the bad version of a wig that's in my show we have a good version and a bad version and she looks like the bad version except blonde. That's hilarious. She's the backup wig. She's the backup wig. It is, that has to be a wig, right? Like just a really bad wig. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like what are they, what is her hair? Why are they doing this to her? I know, it is kind of weird. It's like, maybe she has hair that could not at all even resemble being the child of Rex and Brie. But they have two blonde children and Brie Brie is redhead and- It is weird. And Rex has dark hair. Why? Why did you? They, I think they must hate her. Yeah. And I think they also want her to look so blich that she just doesn't stand out at all. Like, I don't know. I think if she was like hot at all, it would be like distracting. Yeah. Like, they want the, they want the pretty daughter to be Julie. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, she's not really, but. Right. In comparison, she's at least like more attractive than Danielle because Danielle just looks terrible. It's so unfortunate. I just, it's so bad. Anyway, um, Brie can hear that, uh, Andrew is at a bar. So she decides to raid his room and figure out where he's at, which doesn't make sense on how you would figure out where he's at by things that are in his bedroom, finding a matchbook from a bar. That he, so presumably he's visited this bar before. But how would you know that that would be the bar he's going to? Because you find this anyway. This is what I think. This it's I think that club. she was looking for contraband. She was yes. going up there to just like see if he's been smoking weed sure. or if there's like receipts for bars or whatever. And then she just so happened to find the matchbook from oh my god, topsy turvy, the, the name of this strip club, topsy turvy. That is so fucking funny to me. <laughs> the strip club names in this show are all great. <laughs> They're it's so good. Um, so she Bree shows up to the strip club and a great line to uh Andrew's friend, Brie says, you know, that was a lovely solo last week at church. Um, drives the friend away. <laughs> He's like, bye. He's like, I cannot. Andrew and- won't get up though. He's into to his guns, he came to see titties, and he's here to see titties. Oh my god! And Bree orders the house chardonnay. My favorite thing Bree does. Bree was my all other close um, MVP this episode for her whole for this scene, ordering the house chardonnay, and then sitting next to Andrew to watch the show as she talks about like the performance. She goes, like- "As you fantasize about this woman, do you ever stop to think about how she came to this runway?" someone's little girl you know what happened what kind of trauma happened in her past you have no idea you know drugs alcohol just completely demoralizing (laughs) her it was just so awful and then the guy next to her is he totally kills the mood he's like get her the fuck out of here Like she's ruining the mood for everybody get her out of here kid so funny iconic Oh my God. Actually. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm switching. I'm fucking pivoting. Bree's my MVP. That's a good one. Bree's a great MVP. I considered it. I switched to butters. I'm switching back. Oh yeah. Bree's the best. I'm such a Bree fan though. So the whole scene is so goddamn funny. I love that Andrew's choice of rebellion is to go see, go to a strip club. I just, just great. And then they later talk, she comes, she's like, you know, I'm not going to apologize for taking you out of a strip club. It was one of my finest moments. (laughs) Yes, it was Brie. But you know, she kind of talks about how hard things are and they seem to have a decent reconciliation there. And uh, she wanders off and he goes, Hey mom, when can I have my door back? (laughs) Three months. Love that. So good. Free for the win. All right. And now we pivot to Gabby taking a bath with John it is so risky. Gabby takes a lot of baths with people. It She really does. And it's just, it is wild to me that she is that complacent to take bubble baths with her, her guy, lover, Her lover. And, and, the, a- and the cable guy shows up and he's late, but it's like, Gabby, if he didn't show up earlier. You knew he was coming. You knew at some point. He, he says he's three after. hours late. <laughs> oh my he God. you was supposed to be there at five. He's there at eight. Um, she, you know, John jumps out of the tub upon the doorbell ringing and, free, you know, starts running off. She's like, chill out. It's Carlos doesn't ring the doorbell. Turns out it's that cable guy. So he sneaks out the back, leaving a sock. Ooh. And the cable guy- Slips on John's mess because he hopped out of the tub with such fucking urgency. Yeah, like just water, water everywhere all over the fucking bathroom. Also, why are they like fi- adjusting the cable in the bathroom? Is there a TV in their bathroom? There is, and you know why? Because later in oh, they're the watching plot, it. That's right. They're watching the news. They're watching the news. Carlos and Gabby are in the bathtub and they're watching the news, and so we'll get probably that. getting the cable guys there to get the TV set up in the bathroom. I love how it comes full circle. Like I love how, because the cable guys there setting up the TV. Where it slips in the water, uh, has to be taken out like by the ambulance. Carlos comes home, sees the scene and is like, uh, so the cable guys here at 8 p.m. hurt himself. Right. And there's <laughs> suds all up in that bathtub. It smells nothing, like perfume everywhere. He later finds a sock, a gym sock. I mean, the most sus thing. And what I like about it too, as the viewer, like as if I'm watching this for the first time, the cable guy, they make it seem like he's flirting with Gabby. For sure. He's like, like, oh, it smells good in here. Right, right. And you have no idea that he's gay until later. Except honestly, and I try to wonder, cause I know he's gay, so it's hard to think and remember what I thought the first time, it seemed a little gay. Oh, totally, watching it back, a and gay. You're, like, you're like, okay, he's literally talking like, about how, how good it smells. Fragrance. It's cause he called right. it a fragrance, I'm pretty sure. Right, right, right. He didn't right. say smell. Right. He did not say smell, that's the sign. Um, but so Carlos finds the sock and Gabby sees it and she quickly runs to hide a bunch of socks in the closet and blame Yalin, saying she dusts with them. And this is my best dressed. Gabby's silk pink silk robe oh, so with hot. her little lingerie set underneath so it. Hot. You know so hot. Just so good. I love a Gabby moment in a lingerie set with the pink silk robe. She's always in pink. It's just like art, pure art. She it looks sure so- is. And then we later see Yao Lin reluctantly cleaning with dusting with socks. <laughs> to which I know says you always clean with socks and clearly Yao yeah, Lin was like threatened by Gabby like you have to be confident about this right she was like yes was like that Japanese thing I'm Chinese oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh my god oh, funny he and then later Gabby is like okay it's too close John, she shows up at his fucking like football practice. Is that the it's soccer? Play? It's soccer. <laughs> soccer practice, and it's and so it's so funny. She's wearing like a sun hat. Like it's another one of those like a giant in, blue hat outfits. With a blue halter dress. His friends are checking around and stuff, and she brings John sandals. And it's like Carlos can't see you in gym socks. Wear these, and he's like, "You want me to mow the lawn and." In- sandals <laughs> what if I cut off my toe he says and she goes well better that when than when he finds out that you've been doing other things besides trimming the bushes he's gonna cut something else off right exactly oh uh, my god but um, okay if you really think about it like you can't be that you can't be trying to cover up that much Gabby because like he's wearing sandals now what if Carlos notices that change like that's weird like that's but, fucking weird but Carlos is so oblivious this man he asks John about the cable guy he's like did "Did my wife ask you to lie for her damn it I knew it I knew it John you got my back (laughs) right right and it it is so funny that John inadvertently pushed like influences Carlos to end up going and beating him (laughs) completely because he's such a bad liar that he knows he's lying but he totally thinks it's about something else yeah it's so good I love it so much and this brings us to Martha. Martha, who is now suspicious of Susan, bringing a mincemeat pie. Oh man, and she laughs as she says, I'll make mincemeat out of you. I'm <laughs> just thinking about the saying, I'll make mincemeat out of you. Hmm. So funny how people say that. You know, it used to be because mincemeat used to be chopped up little pieces of mint. Meat. meat. <laughs> It's so con- mince meat is like a mince tongue meat. twister. For My sure. sister liked mincemeat pies, except I'm pretty sure hers were actual meat. Um, and I thought it was meat for a long time as a child. Yeah, no, totally. It, it's just a weird, weird concept in general. Yeah, but... So it's a bunch of chopped up different chopped up meats. But nowadays it's mostly what did she say? Fruits and vegetables. And yes. I'm Like what the fuck is this? I don't That's know. Not the mincemeat pies I've ever seen. I think there are like uh yeah, I think minced meat now really is like a fruit. It's weird. It's like not at all. I need to look into this, but I think she's right. I think minced meat pies are just fruit. They're like cinnamon, like a reduction. Oh my. I don't know. So the only str- ones I had seen were must have been OG types, <laughs> original true minced meat pie, minced meat pies. Right. right. But then she chuckles and goes, it's so funny how mincemeat's not even meat, but people will still say, I'll make meat mincemeat out of you, which basically means I'll chop you up into tiny little bits and cook you in a pie. It's so creepy. So yes. fucking Sweeney Todd of her. Oh my God, it's hilarious. And then she just out of the blue, whips out the measuring cup and says, oh, isn't that funny how, you know, you just burnt down Edie's house cause you're just so desperate. <laughs> you're so desperate to just do something about that crush you have on Mike Delfino right and susan's pure denying she's still her mode the whole time is denial 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 oh my god but what she must be thinking inside just like how the hell did this woman woman find
1: And Martha's
0: so creepy. She's like, oh, but I'm here to keep your secret. I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you more with Carl, but I'm going to be here for you. It's the creepiest backhanded threat of all time. So, so bad. Um, Because later, Mike tries to ask Susan out at the grocery store right in front of Martha, and Susan's too scared to say yes because she doesn't want to give in that she likes Mike, I guess, is her whole plan with that. Yeah, I think so, and like because I think it's already been implied by Martha that she's started blackmailing her, right? Like in it, and then it doesn't it's subtle blackmail. It. It's she's like subtle blackmail. Blackmailing and then, without saying it. And then when she starts talking in line in the grocery line after Susan says no, and Mike is like, "You don't like Hitchcock? What's wrong with you?" Like, what's the thing? You- Didn't he already ask her out when she delivered the? his ma- note, his mail turned out to be a film festival flyer and he invites her he's like you like old movies do you oh. want to go see and she's like yeah oh, he already weird. fucking asked her out and she said yes they made oh. plans to go to this film festival together and then later he's going asks her to a hitchcock festival wow he's just like an artsy guy Like what's going on here, but also you have the plans. And so now those don't are no longer a thing. Like what's going on? I feel like it's a mistake. It might be a mistake, honestly. Uh, So Martha uh, says that, you know, basically without saying it blatantly that she's keeping Susan's secret. And she's like, oh, you don't have to do that. Put up, you know, pretend for my sake. Right, she's like your secret's safe with me." me. And then she says, well, you know, things are getting tricky because Edie's insurance is, there's still a holdup and she has to keep staying at my house and she's just eating so much food. And so, you know, I'm just going to lift the divider and make you pay for all of my groceries. Crazy. To which Susan just does, pays for all Martha's groceries. She's just in so much shock, like, i would be too i literally would do the same thing right Uh, this is one of the few moments where i really relate to susan i wouldn't know how to process that same i would not know at all how to handle it um and then i would just hope after that like that's the end of it whatever and that's kind of what happens later and so she's really shocked when martha calls her and is like my heater broke (laughs) um i need six hundred dollars Holy shit! And at that point, Susan's like, "Fuck, I gotta tell Julie." I right. and she wakes her child up. What time is it? First of all, May- oh, Julie is like thirteen at this point, right? Right, right. So she wakes up Julie at maybe eleven thirty at night, right? So probably crazy. a school night. Right. She'll tell her everything. And then Julie's like, "Why do I even let you out of the house?" Such a good response and her first concern is that if Susan uh, turns herself in yeah if Susan turns herself in that uh Carl will get full custody and Julie has to live with them so she's like dad I can't make this we gotta make this not happen so they craft a plan they're gonna they're gonna get them steal that measuring cup back so what they're gonna do is play frisbee (laughs) and accidentally throw the Frisbee into Martha's yard where Julie is gonna sneak into the house and steal the measuring cup. Susan says, ethically, we have nothing to be shamed about. (laughs) You mean you don't feel any shame for burning her house down? Like, and now you have to do this? Oh, so funny. Um, Mike sees her, notices she's been distant. And when he's asking her, you know, are you mad at me? She's like, looking over the fence like Julie she's completely distracted he's like you seem distant right right it is so painful to then watch her just give the movie ticket to Edie when Edie shows up it's like it's just the most like two times this episode where Susan has to reject Mike because of this situation and it's just terrible yeah so she says yes and then Edie comes home early and and in her attempts. Okay. Edie says that she got a sunburn while washing her car. So she's not feeling well and had to come home. Like what? She's just making shit up to make Susan feel bad. Completely. And so she comes in and Susan's like trying to keep her from going inside the house while Julie's there and invites her to join them on her date. And Mike's like, uh, it's one night and I only have two tickets. It's sold out. She fucking offers her ticket to Edie. And at this point, Julie's probably already out of the house and back in the backyard, which is what's so painful because the second afterwards at Edie's like perks up and goes to talk to Mike and we see Julie with the mug, not a mug. What is it? Measuring cup. Measuring cup. Yeah. But it's too late. Mike now has a date with Edie that he never asked to be on. (laughs) Poor Mike is just stuck with Edie ridiculous and Martha later confronts Susan about stealing the fucking measuring cup whatever like I know what you did bitch like I know stole it back and Susan's just like hi Martha I don't know what you're talking about no idea but if I did yeah it's gone (laughs) yeah Martha asks to return to the same friendly relationship that they had they didn't even have a relationship. right? So hilarious. So, well, we get, um, back to Lynette and the boys. She's, yes. she's talking with, uh, Brie about the twins and before the, the rest of the ladies arrive for a hangout. And she's just scared that if she actually does give them ADD medication, that, You know, she'll lose some of the good stuff that they provide, like the leaky mug that they made her. (laughs) Yes, that Brie, the mug, the ugly ass mug that she's drinking out of that Brie goes leaking. And (laughs) and she's like, What are you talking about? This is not special or precious at all. It's really iconic and like very clever that Brie is the one talking to her about her kids, because Brie is such a perfectionist. And like, if her kids did something like that for her, she would be like, redo it right ugly (laughs) she would not go away drinking out of that mug no it's just it's great and basically she seems to want she goes for it she's like i'm gonna give the kids medication but they refuse to and she's like nope i won't and that's kind of the end of that whole thing it very well it is until now yeah the rest of the girls arrive to lunch or whatever this is where they sit paul down to show him the note yeah and he like gets all emotional and it's just, just like really cheesy and he weird. starts crying it seems like bad acting at first and for a second you're like is this just bad acting or, or is it is purposeful he purposefully yeah. bad acting and um flashing forward to the rest of the episode i'm pretty sure it was just intentionally bad fake crying yeah yeah i think so too because they want everyone to seem they want you to seem suspicious of him yes right he just cries and storms off and doesn't talk about it yeah and then later he comes up to Lynette and Gabby on the street and uh, he apologizes for the outburst says that you know the reason I got so emotional is because Mary Alice would leave hateful notes to herself and the family as if she's like got some sort of schizoaffective or schizophrenic disorder or something and it's it's just such bs no one buys it lynette and gabby as soon as he walks away they're like i don't believe him at all and they're like Um, nope me neither but then later when all of the ladies kind of talk about it uh brie said you know my father's a prosecutor or was a prosecutor and usually the simplest explanation is usually the right one I you just know? love that Bree's father's a prosecutor. I think it says a lot. It says so much about her. And, you know, she makes a fair point. And seeing that side is like, well, you know, maybe it's true. Mary Alice had psychiatric issues and that's that. She killed herself because she was unmedicated or whatever and didn't do, wasn't doing well. And Susan's like, no, that is a message sent by an enemy dun 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 and i'm going to this segues right into the end of the episode we do have a topic to circle back to but the episode yeah. ends with speculating what type of person would send that note an enemy of course but what kind an acquaintance a stranger or how about a neighbor that lives a few feet away as they like zoom out on paul staring out the window yeah dun, and dun, dun. i love the, like, feeling in that moment that, you know, what if Paul is leaving awful threatening Paul us send this to his wife? Like, terrible. Something's up with Paul. That's the one thing we can all agree on for right. sure. Right. But we got to circle back because we never closed up the whole Gabby-Carlos saga. So funny. Because Carlos has... Decided that it must be the cable guy. John is lying. Gabby asked him to. I'm going to find this cable guy. He finds wherever this cable guy lives. His apartment. Bangs on his door. And when he opens it, just starts beating this man up. And punches him. He's on the floor. And then he stops. And he looks around. (laughs) Looking up to see a poster for Gypsy. He circles around and sees a black and white photograph framed photograph of a bare man's chest. And then a framed photo of what presumes to be a happy man and man couple. And it's totally the cable guy and his husband. Yes. Like you can see in the photo. The cable guy that he has just beaten to a pulp who's on the floor in pain with his significant other. Yeah. And Carlos says. You're gay? Is that why you're doing this? Uh yeah. And he just walks away. It's so good. Love also when he when Carlos like busts down the door at first, he's all, you think you can have sex with anyone you want? And I love that. That's of course his choice of words. Right. Instead of you think you can have sex with my wife or whatever, anyone you want. And then anyone you want. And then the next sentence to be, you're gay. This is where it goes full circle because then Gabby and Carlos are in the bath later, and basic, they're watching. Man, gotta get those bubbles. They're watching the TV that the cable guy helped them install. Install in his very bathroom. Thank that his that cable guy that he beat up, injured his damn head falling. And passing out or whatever happened in the bathroom to install their fucking bathroom TV because God forbid they not have a TV to watch while they bathe together. It's so weird. And then the it's news is on. Sketch. The news is on, um, and it's like, oh, uh, breaking news! Like a man has committed a gay hate crime. And- man wanted for hate crime and assault of <laughs> man. Um, suspect is Latino and. And then the photo is Carlos. and Gabby Gabby's like in front of Carlos. Yes, yeah, between his legs, like in his lap essentially. And like, she's like, wait, that's literally you. And he and he looks at her like threatening almost like is there something you want like, there something you want to ask me? me. <laughs> nope. So clearly, Carlos is very suspicious that Gabby's having an affair. Mm-hmm. And this will continue to come up in yes. different moments. But this is one of the first, his first at, it, mistaking a gay man for, and he has <laughs> I mean, he's them. constantly accusing people of having affairs with his wife. He knows he's out, ha- she's having an affair, but cannot for the life of him, figure out who, oh, it's just so and juicy. It's I love just it. a comedy of errors that I really enjoy. Same. Okay. And so I'm very glad that was the thing we got to kind of wrap up our episode on. with. I would like to say my best dress was no one. I did not really find anyone that. No, no one that. was particularly great. That's why my best dress was someone in lingerie in a robe. Yeah, exactly. And then my worst dress was Martha in the grocery store Good when she's blackmailing Susan. She's wearing this like awful uh, button down shirt with colored squares. There's like bright blue, yellow, and pink squares all over it. It's very nineties. Yeah. And just bad. Just and really- this is 2004. So it's like, I feel like it's intentionally, you know, it's very Martha, like it, yeah, it's, it's very, but it's not good. She definitely dresses very butch. Like <laughs> they dress her in a lot of button down colorful shirts yeah, and very boxy kind of clothes. Yeah. Too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then my MVP is actually the cable guy. that's a great choice i also considered the cable guy because he sacrificed so much for gabby's secret he sacrificed so much for her secret and i just love that it's this gay guy who's taking a knee for the for the straight couple because you know someone has to and it's got to be the gay guy to the cable man to the cable guy i love it oh so good okay see you next time